0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: see the hang-ups we have today. Welcome in to episode 144 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations, and that's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon I am your host Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country Sean, how the heck are you?
1: I'm fantastic Jack, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm just doing lovely, especially considering Kentucky was able to grind out uh, an 82-74 to victory in overtime over the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Sean. Uh, it was a very exciting night at Rupp Arena. We were there together sitting there on press row Uh, Through the uh, hot start for the Wildcats, they they jumped out to a a solid lead. They were leading by as many as 16 points in the second half. Things were going extremely well. Uh, Let off the gas a little bit. Defensive struggles there late. Uh, I believe Kellen Grady officially called it an atrocious last 10 minutes of the game. But uh, then the uh, granddad of the team, Kellen Grady, uh, comes in the clutch in overtime, scores eight points, and uh, uh, leads the Kentucky Wildcats to victory victory over a very a uh, hard-nosed, tough, well-coached team in Mississippi State. We talked about it in the pregame show about uh, just kind of what type of team this no is, t- and it's it's kind of exactly the way our scouting report read. You knew that Iverson Molinar was going to be a threat. He ends up dropping 30 points for the Bulldogs. Uh, you knew they'd be they, uh, you knew they'd be well coached under Ben Howland. Uh, you knew they'd be tough. You knew they'd be physical. They were all of those things and more. But still, Sean Kentucky was able to overcome uh, those adversities down the stretch and pull off the victory. So let's. Let's uh, jump right in and kind of talk about some early takeaways. What uh, were your initial thoughts about uh, Kentucky's uh, very, very nice win over the Bulldogs?
1: Just another gutsy win. Uh, A a thing where you get into a game and and things are going against you. Adversity hit again. You had a couple of rolled ankles there with Oscar Sheebly and Jacob Top, and you're already down Tie Ty Washington, but they found a way to win. It it goes to overtime. Uh, The second half, that – entire 20 minutes it was not good basketball the last possession of the re- of regulation was not good they didn't get what they wanted but they found a way to win and uh, defense buckled in and, and got stops and only held uh, only allowed two points in the overtime period so had a really good efficient first half defensively giving up 24 points and then gave up a ton in the second and then uh, settled in and got the win there in overtime but finding a way to win uh, you you want to the, the good teams in college basketball, the teams that win national championship and, and make runs at final fours, they win games in a variety of different ways throughout the season. And now you can just add this to the collection of games. Kentucky's won in some different ways. And I think that's the most encouraging thing about it. I don't think you can get discouraged by it. I think you have to be encouraged by it, honestly.
0: Yeah, well we talked after the Texas A&M game, can Kentucky Or going into the Texas A&M game Can Kentucky find a way to win a Rock fight, can they figure out a way uh, Leading up to that point, 14 Of their 14 wins uh, came By at least double figures uh, So you knew that Kentucky was able to Blow teams out, but can they Win a rock fight, can they win by single Digits, can they uh, overcome Injury adversity, because they hadn't been Able to do that against LSU um, the, Most recently they weren't Able to do that at Auburn either So can they overcome uh, Some of those early adversities And and things like that foul trouble Injury and uh, this was A a perfect opportunity to show that You had uh, a string of just Horrible horrible luck for Kentucky In terms of the in the injury department A you start the game Ty Ty Washington is declared out with a left ankle injury. Uh, he does not play. Savvy Wheeler comes in. He's a little bit banged up after taking two h- tough hits at Auburn. Um, you know he's cleared and he's ready to play. But you know you never uh, never know how he was mentally and and you know how all in he was with that. The, just because you don't know how neck and head and injuries work like that. You know he may. Clear those those concussion protocols And all that But uh, how how engaged and locked in is he really That's something that we were still waiting to see uh, So the game starts Things get off to a hot start Kentucky leads by as many as 16 points With uh, 16.50 to go in the second half And then uh, it feels like All the wheels fall off Jacob Toppin Twists his ankle uh, He goes back to the locker room And gets evaluated And then like Sean it was like A minute 50 Or so Right after that Oscar Shibway Rolls his ankle as well And he goes back To the locker room So uh, Sean I thought There was going to be A brief stretch That Kentucky was going to need Brennan Canada Or Zan Payne Or one of the End of bench guys To come in and save the day For the Wildcats Because they were just Losing scholarship player After scholarship player And uh, uh, they, they almost reached Desperation mode But uh, thank goodness the, we saw Jacob Toppin come back in and Or at least join, rejoin the huddle He didn't re-enter the game until overtime But Oscar Sheboy, he was only out a couple minutes uh, He comes running back in like a superhero he, he gets taped up He runs straight to the scorer's table Checks in and immediately uh, starts wreaking Havoc again so uh, Tip of the cap to Oscar Sheboy again We'll talk about his standout performance individually But uh, just their, Kentucky's Ability to overcome those adversities Especially in the injury department uh, very, uh, Very good Sign moving forward as Kentucky looks To close out this SEC slate
1: yeah, uh, very encouraging. I actually thought that uh, we were going to have to see if Jay Lucas could get a COVID year <laughs> if they had, if they had one more injury there. Because uh, I was like, man, they're they're really getting thin, and then foul troubles adding up, and the rolled ankles. But they they were able to finish the game and get a win. You had Granddad coming through and hitting those two big threes there in overtime. And what can you what more can you say about Kellen Grady? There, there's two shots right now that. I'm convinced they're always going in. And it's when he takes the three and when it's when he takes that running floater along the baseline. Like those are two shots that I just think are money uh, that I just have so much confidence in, in them making. And uh, that's a guy that you're going to look up here when you get to March and SEC tournament time. If this team can make a run to the SEC championship game and then, then to like the second weekend or final weekend NCAA tournament. I mean, he's going to be near the top and made three-pointers in a single season in U.K. history. Like, that's how well he's playing right now. And uh, he's he's getting to that mark, 10 threes. I think it should be at least 10 threes a game for him. He was 4 of 11 last night. I know I said on the scouting report yesterday that Kentucky had to take and make the three. They took plenty and they hit just enough. I think they hit six. I think they shot. Was it six to twenty one? If I'm not mistaken, twenty three uh, three. Six Six to twenty three. I just said I said you couldn't have a two for 17, four for eight, four for twenty, something like that performance. So those two threes in the end, those were the final daggers, and they they were huge.
0: I mean, going going you know sticking with Kellen Grady. I mean, he goes two for six in the in the first half uh, overall, two for six in the second half overall. Two of eight combined going into that final overtime stretch. So he's not hot by any stretch of the imagination. He's ice cold. Uh, He's trying to get a shot rolling. It's just not working. Uh, I mean, whatever he's doing, he's trying to throw up just about anything. And and he's wide open with a hand in his face, uh, step back, you know, straight on, lined up to the basket. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He just just simply can't get anything to fall. Uh, And then – for whatever reason that that overtime period happens, and I think he described it best. He described it as like a, a reset that uh, he he kind of saw it as a brand new game, brand new atmosphere. He knew that overtime's a whole new ball game, and and there was nothing left to you know he didn't have to dwell on the past anymore. He was able to just focus entirely on that final five minutes, just closing out final five minutes, and you know not being too vulgar here on on our uh, family friend, friendly show, but. Goodness, the stones on that kid to just just in that moment with uh, hand in his face and the shot clock, especially that second three, Sean. I mean, it was that sidestep, almost uh, sidestep, step back. Three with a hand in his face at the buzzer, uh, the shot clock buzzer, and he nails it, puts Kentucky up six points. And I know Xavier hits two more free throws to close out the game, but those two threes ended it for the for the Cats. That extended the lead to six. Uh, it killed all the momentum that Mississippi State had. Kellen Grady won that game for the Wildcats, and just his ability to, to do that, even considering his early struggles from from deep And Cal said after the game He said, look, I told him in that huddle You better not pass up another shot Because you remember he had that one in the left corner Where he was wide open And, and uh, he, he it was right in the heat of all of his struggles Where he wasn't making a single shot And he passed up a shot And you saw Cal just rip him, rip him a new one And say, you better not pass up on that shot next time And sure enough Overtime comes around He takes them both And he makes them both And uh, he he, uh, he doesn't single-handedly Win that game for the Wildcats But pretty darn close That was about as clutch As you could possibly ask for uh, For Granddad And definitely uh, uh, Something that keeps you optimistic And, and um, Definitely uh, Long-term potential you, you know All these big dreams Of Final Four runs And all that Those shots that he made late Made you think Man uh, he could. I feel like he could hit those shots on that big stage in the tournament, SEC tournament, NCAA tournament. So uh, definitely a, a one one heck of a finish for for Kellen Grady and the Cats.
1: Yeah, Granddad needed a wheelbarrow to get out of Repe Arena last night <laughs> after those shots at the end of the game. Uh, just uh, huge makes, and it, like I said, every time he every time the ball leaves his hands, I think the ball is going in the basket. Like, that's the level we've reached with Kellen Grady. And, like I said, you got to get him to 10 three attempts a game at least. And he's going to hit four. Even if he's 0 for five at the half, he's going to have a second half where he hits three or four. And you just got to keep shooting. And they found a way to win. That was the the, the big takeaway for me. They they played through Oscar late. He had some really big baskets there in regulation, uh, the, the, a couple of back to back moves in the post. Uh, he had the really, really monster dunk like he made a statement with that dunk and then he comes back and he gets the and one and uh just a, another good game from him or a good game from him an incredible game from him like uh i was telling somebody earlier today you know texas a&m and auburn he was kind of quiet but not really i mean he was right there uh talking what 10 points 14 rebounds and you, you that's that's an average game for oscar sheboy and when you look at what he's doing now. When the season started, Shaquille O'Neal was number one on the the list in Rupp Arena rebounds for a single game with 21. That performance is now third on the list. Like, how far does Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> drop before the season's over? Is he out of the top five? Just unbelievable numbers. That's that's your that's your player of the year in college basketball.
0: That when you put it into perspective like that, that is. I mean, that just makes you chuckle. Like, we we got to stop normalizing what this kid is doing. Like. Please, okay, I understand that you just go on ESPN or any of these other, uh, you know, Fox Sports or CBS Sports, all these other national websites, and you go through and you look at the the recaps and the game summaries for uh, last night's game, and uh, one of them, I believe it was ESPN, said, Oscar Sheboy adds 22 or 21 points and 22 rebounds and I remember looking at and going are we really at the point where we're just saying he added 21 points and 22 (laughs) rebounds in a game like that's not just absolute otherworldly numbers at this point like We have to stop normalizing What Oscar Sheboy is doing This is his 14th double-double of the season 21 points, 22 rebounds 3 steals, 1 block 37 minutes, so he's not dealing with foul trouble He's able to to fight through It's the first time a Kentucky player has finished with At least 21 points and 22 rebounds Since Mike Phillips did so against Tennessee Back in 1976, Sean He's also the first UK player Since 1950 and 1951 To have at least 5 games Of 20 or more rebounds for the Cats let's, let's stop making this Feel like a normal thing and just because It's what he's doing on a regular basis Does not mean that this isn't Just just legendary stuff This He is shattering Shaquille O'Neal's rebounding Records like it's his job He is making <laughs> Shaq's rebounding Records non-existent he's, he's saying forget you Shaq I'm going to rewrite the record book here at Rupp uh, Let's we need to again Take a step back Take a deep breath and acknowledge that Oscar Sheboy is hands down one of the <laughs> best centers that we've seen at under the John uh, under John Calipari at Kentucky, and maybe even the best we've seen at Kentucky. Period.
1: There, there's five home games left, right? And he's he's number one and number two right now, all time and single game rebounding numbers at Rupp Arena, Shaquille O'Neal's third when the season started. Shaq was one. I'm kind of confident that that Oscar's going to get at least two more up in there probably and, and probably have four of the top five. So someday somebody's going to be like, you know, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal is uh, fifth of uh, has the fifth most rebounds in a single game at referee in history. <laughs> oh, who are the other four guys? Oscar <laughs> Sheboy. <laughs> one, it's one all guy. those mini, it's all those mini sized Oscar Sheboys, you know, just kind of coming together for one. It's, it's not the duck. It's just all the mini Oscar <laughs> she
0: Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been keeping a running tally of, uh, of the double or the points and rebound totals for, Oscar this season and uh, every single game it's something unique and different like it, it's it, it's all every number is impressive he didn't have one game where it was just a complete dud i mean listen to this just rattling off game by game 17 and 20 14 and 20 24 and 16 0 and 10 12 and 14 12 and 16 20 and 16, 23 and 11, 25 and 7, 16 and 12, 14 and 28, 13 and 20, 8 and 13, 29 and 17, 30 and 13, 9 and 12, 8 and 14, 16 and 14, 21 and 22. Like, how how are we at this point where you read off those numbers every single game? His worst game as a Wildcat was when he dealt with horrible foul issues against Ohio, and he still had uh, 10 rebounds in that game. He pre- He played basically one half, 20 minutes of basketball, so... I mean, Sean, it is it is so beyond the point of of no return in terms of of officially declaring Oscar Sheboy a Kentucky basketball legend. He's going to shatter every rebounding record that this program has to offer if he hasn't done so already. And uh, it is it it's just such a joy to watch because he's uh, like when he ran back onto the floor after his after he rolled his injury uh, rolled his ankle, he runs to the <laughs> scorer's table and immediately goes in the game and he picks up a foul within like. Three seconds of him getting back on the floor, it's like, man, that's the kid I know and love. He's just, he's just a, a human wrecking ball everywhere he goes. He's just going in there to, to muck things up for both sides. And it's just, oh man, it's just such a joy to watch. I'm, uh, uh, it's unfortunate that I think we only have 12 more regular season games For the Wildcats this year, something like that uh, And then postseason play begins And I think we just need to start assuming the, assuming that this kid is going to be going to the NBA Because, man, uh, he's I just don't know what else he has to prove He's doing everything that he could possibly show at, the, at the, the college level And it's been an absolute joy It's been a blessing that we've been able to follow along so closely this year
1: Yeah, he's he's your national player of the year at, at to this point, point. and I don't know how it could be anyone else. Like you said, we got to stop normalizing what he's doing. His numbers are just uh, incredible. He's on one of the better teams in college basketball, and uh, Kentucky's. I mean, they're getting another chance here this weekend. He's gonna if he goes out there to Allen Fieldhouse and puts on a performance in, against Kansas on the road, and goes for another just monster double double. Then uh, I, I think he's I think he's starting to lock that award up. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I just wish the national people and the draft scouts And and guys like that noticed what Oscar's doing What he's doing on a regular basis And and not just looking at the numbers And assuming that everything that he does is on Easy layups and easy dunks and all that. Because he, I mean, he is finishing, you know, he's knocking down that elbow jumper, that face up, uh, you know, 16 to 17 foot jumper. He's gotten consistent with that. His footwork is impressive. He's, you know, he's gotten that left shoulder hook that, that, you know, really wasn't anything consistent to start the year. He's starting to knock that down con- with uh, consistency. That, that, uh, jump hook on the right, uh, the right, ba- uh, Baseline off the window He's knocking that in I mean they, He's doing some stuff That's that's made of, of Real NBA talent That's not just You know Clean up effort stuff That I think NBA scouts Are just assuming I, I wish that they Uh, Took a closer look and and understood that this kid is showing an actual NBA. You know, yeah, I understand he might be limited defensively and the length isn't there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure scouts are going to look at that Walker Kessler matchup and see uh, that he underwhelmed in in terms of NBA intangibles. But, man, I just, you just got to think, Sean, that there's a role for this kid somewhere in the league. Because, I mean, look, Jared Vanderbilt is starting for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And all he can do is is rebound the ball. He can't do anything but rebound the ball. He's horrendous offensively, just super athletic and can dunk, you know, dunk and transition things like that. Uh, he's he is a rebounder through and through, and that's why he's he's starting for the Timberwolves. I just don't know how a guy, you know, maybe not start, but how a guy like Oscar Sheboy doesn't have a role in the NBA at this point. I think that that scouts need to start paying a little bit closer attention and maybe uh, give him. Those roses where they're due because he's uh, the, the flowers where they're due because he's uh, he 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 definitely looks a part of an NBA talent in in my eyes and uh, um, I, I just I wish that he he had the draft success to match the uh, college uh, college production that we're clearly seeing on a day to day basis with him.
1: Yeah, and like I said, inc- incredible numbers by him and just uh, he's he's so much fun to watch and selfishly I hope he's at Kentucky again next year because I'd love to see him with that roster that they're going to have next season but man like that guy's his just his character the the way he speaks every time every time Oscar talks he has something good to say it's like last night his postgame comments about Dante Allen how proud of him he is and he he says it but he's so honest when he speaks too. You know, he was talking about, he goes, he just needs to listen to coach and and do these things. But he's like, I'm really proud of him. Like, how can you not go to just go to battle with that guy every single day?
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And you uh, tee me up for the next topic because Dante Allen, I think, uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about on this show And, and how he he's just fallen out of the rotation and, and where does he fit in with things moving forward And uh, with Shaden Sharp coming on campus Has he completely lost his, you know, any chance of playing time Sean, he got a chance He played last night, 18 minutes He finishes with five points on two of six shooting One for five from three uh, Three rebounds, one block, and one turnover Sean, uh, not not... Superstar numbers by any stretch. He still's one for five from three, was not knocking down shots. Um, You know, still had a couple struggles here and there. Cal brought up how he uh, had a couple missed assignments defensively and gave up some open looks that luckily missed, or else he would have gotten pulled early. But um, I thought Sean, it was one of the most well rounded, complete performances that we've seen uh, from Dante. Honestly, since he's been at Kentucky I know that the the, the Mississippi, early Mississippi State games last year Were the ones that really caught everybody's attention Because he just went absolute inferno from three But I thought he really fought defensively I think he fought on the glass uh, He was active in transition on defense and, and made some crucial stops He had that one tie-up that led to a, a position a possession change uh, He had that block on the three-pointer on the other end Just He did a lot of really impressive stuff for the Cats uh, t- last night And, and I think uh, he definitely Earned some a, a lot of respect from his Teammates, he earned some, some high praise from Calipari after the game, uh, I definitely Think that he earned uh, some, Maybe not his way back into the rotation entirely But I, de- I definitely think that he Earned a little bit of playing time uh, Moving forward with his strong play against Mississippi State, go figure
1: I believe it was a huge confidence boost For him last night, I mean Hadn't made a shot since November 29th against Central Michigan and comes up and he, he gets a three to fall. last night that footback slam. Just just a huge performance for him, just mentally. Honestly, I mean, that's a that's a kid that, you know, it had to be hard. And perfect opportunity, right? Mississippi State comes to town and he had a ton of confidence against that team with two really good games there last year that now it wasn't the same uh, result this season. I mean, it didn't go for 20 plus, but he was able to build his confidence. And honestly, not just confidence in his own self, but his teammates have confidence in him. I think Cal saw some things there, the three rebounds. He made some plays defensively. He was in the right spots. Uh, I don't know if he's worked his way back into 15, 20 minutes a game, but if you need him in a pinch, I think he, you now can can go to him and say, all right, now he's, he's played some confident basketball. Let's see what he can do.
0: Well, and, and that's kind of been the debate, right? Like that's kind of been just the talk is – It's never been about, you know, does he need 25 minutes? Does he need 30 minutes? Does he need 15 shots a game? It's always just been, can he be serviceable enough for this Kentucky team to be a scoring punch off the bench? And we said, I remember, Sean, some of the very first episodes we did this season talking about... Um, you know the build up to this year, what this team can be, some of the first early games, uh, you know especially that early non-conference stretch when the te- the, the competition sucked uh, and Dante was getting a lot of playing time, 19 minutes in back-to-back games uh, and he wasn't getting a shot to fall. Uh, and we said you know they're doing this for a reason. It's because Cal knows that we're gonna need him late in the year at some point. We're gonna need him to come in and, and explode from three in one game. Uh, you know, I don't know what game that's going to be Don't know if it's going to be on the road If it's going to be, you know, another Mississippi State situation Where all else fails and Cal just throws him in and says Let's let's just see what the heck we can do uh, You know, you never know But you just knew that, that they were going to need him at some point And he got phased out of the rotation And it just really didn't look like he was ever going to play any meaningful minutes again it worked in his favor that Ty Ty Washington was out. It worked in his favor that Xavier Wheeler had early foul trouble. It just felt like the stars aligned perfectly for Dante to get kind of, you know, I don't I I hate to say one final shot this year to really see what he can do, but did it not feel like his one final uh, opportunity to shine and if and if he wasn't going to be able to get anything going this game, That cow was going to just say, "All right, well, that's it for the year and and we're not going to you know, Give any more opportunities it just felt Like this was that last opportunity For Cal to say alright well Kid you've been saying that you want this playing Time you've been saying that you're good enough And you, you, you're ready for this moment This is your shot take it or leave it It, it, it just felt, it had that kind of One last chance feel to it
1: I think you're spot on with it being His last opportunity and I mean sure Maybe foul trouble or injuries might Have presented like a one minute spurt here or There down the down the stretch run of SEC Play but this felt like his last opportunity to actually kind of carve out an opportunity kind of similar to what Lance Ware has. Like Lance is not playing a ton of minutes, but he's bought into his role and he's doing honestly his role better than probably anyone on the team is right now. Like even if it's just five or six minutes a game, if that's what Dante can give you, then Cal can be confident too, to put him in there in that stretch. And I think that dunk, it was, a, it was a desperation play, honestly. It was one of those things that's like, man, I can't build my confidence. I can't get a three to fall. I can't do anything right now. I'm going to go make a play. And he went and he made it, and that, like, sparked all this energy. He goes and he makes a couple of defensive plays as well. He, he gets a held ball on defense on a play where a, guard, a guy's going downhill for Mississippi State. Then he gets a three to go in, and when he makes that three – Cal has his hands up like in celebration, knowing like, man, good for this kid. Like, this is a kid that's been a really good shooter and he just couldn't get anything to fall. But he built his confidence that game and, and I think confidence not only in himself, but his teammates having confidence in him as well. That if, if you need him in a pinch, even if it's just for a four or five minute spurt here or there, like maybe they can go to him.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a great point with Lance Ware, too, because what what has Cal done over and over again, in the, all these press conferences, time and time again, bringing up Lance Ware as a guy that yeah he's going to come in and play seven, eight, ten minutes a game. But every single time Lance comes in, Cal praises him endlessly about how hard he fights and all the little things he does. I mean, shoot, Lance Ware had two points, four rebounds in uh, two re, two points, four rebounds, one assist. In seven minutes for the Cats last night That's not world beating numbers But you know exactly what Lance Is going to give you every time he en- enters the game And Cal said, I mean the exact quote Every day Lance Ware Is in the gym getting better Every single day, I look out my window And that kid's in there, I have all the confidence In the world, in him um, And then he said uh, uh, It's hard when Lance Ware Who played great again today It's hard when you don't know uh is Oscar Sheway going to play so well that I'm not going to get any minutes? Or is he going to struggle and be in foul trouble and I'm ready? Um, so Cal, it just feels like every chance that he gets, he praises Lance Ware. But I feel like we could have – that. He Dante could be the guard equivalent of Lance Ware. I think that's a very fair comparison where you could get him to come in and give you – you know 7 to 12 minutes a game and knock down a couple shots and still be a huge impact off the bench for the cats.
1: Absolutely. And uh, if he carves out a role like that then I mean that maybe that's what his role is right now. It's just go do whatever your job is. Lance is the uh, the perfect teammate too. You see him on the sidelines right now cheering on his teammates. He goes in there, he's making tough plays. And it's obviously catching the attention of John Calipari, and that's what you want. Is uh, Now, if Dante can do that on the perimeter, it just kind of adds some depth there if you, if you need him in a pinch. And, and Dante can get that three ball to start going. He's a guy that goes in. He's he's a, he's a capable scorer. He's a capable guy that can knock a shot in or here or there.
0: Yeah, and on that same accord, it, you wonder about Shaden Sharp because uh, – we talked on our, our pregame show about all the comments Cal had about Shaden and, and you know, the build up to that and whether he's going to play him or not, why he would play him, what he's done in practice recently. Uh, all those quotes were fantastic, and I predicted, I was like, you know, ev- everything just kind of felt like we were pointing toward a – A debut for Shaden You predicted that he would not play He ends up not playing But I think a part of that is because Dante Allen played so well uh, In the amount of time he had In 18 minutes uh, He he didn't really show that we needed A Shaden Sharp off the bench In in that given moment Uh, I think Dante was that guy I think it was going to be One or the other situation I told you this uh, While we were up there watching the game I thought the only way, once we got you know late in the first half, early in the second half, the only way that Shaden was going to play in that game was if Dante screwed up just unbelievably bad. Like, if he had done something really, really bad or made a, a monstrous defensive error, you know, fouled on a three-point shot or something like that, I, that would have been a screw it – Shaden get in the game you know one of Those type of situations where he just Kind of out of spite throw Shaden In because he's so frustrated in, in Dante but I thought that was the only chance Because I think Dante did did so Much and he did so well In all these other areas that there really wasn't A spot for Shaden last night and I know There was a lot of people on social media last night Talking about well if Shaden didn't play Tonight then he's never going to play for Kentucky You might as well sign his NBA draft Slit now he's never going to be a Wildcat. All, all that stuff is nonsense because because there's still a lot of basketball left to be played 12 games left in the regular season Or whatever it is uh, An SEC tournament, NCAA tournament There's so much basketball left to be played uh, And everything that his camp Is saying as of right now is that uh, They're still absolutely all in on Returning next season for the Cats So this, this whole mindset, doom and gloom Mindset of just because he didn't play One single game uh, Two weeks after he arrived on campus Means that anything for his future as a wildcat I just think is absolute nonsense and I think we need to uh, reel that in a little bit and kind of take a chill pill while we have that opportunity because I think there's uh, plenty of time left this season for Shaden to play and I also think there's still plenty of time for for Dante Allen to continue to carve out his role as well I think uh, uh, the way things unfolded against Mississippi State was, was about as good as you could ask especially with Dante proving he could come in and Give you something I don't, It wasn't a Must see situation For Shaden Sharp
1: No And and Everybody contributed To a win I think that's the Big takeaway As well Is, is Dante gets to feel Like he, you know, he Contributed To a victory Because uh, they Certainly needed him He he came up with Some big minutes And then we'll see What happens with Shaden I, I'm going to just Go out and say That Shaden does not Play at Kansas That doesn't seem like The fair opportunity To give him But maybe circle That game next week Versus Bandy And see what happens
0: yeah, I, I definitely do not see, uh, you know, any any way that he plays against Kansas. That environment, that setting, that game. I just, it, I think that would be just like what Cal said against Auburn. It just that would just not be fair to the kid to throw him in in that setting. Uh, but I do think that that next Tuesday against Vandy, I think that would be a cool opportunity for him to come in and test the waters a little bit. We're not asking him to come in and play thirty-five minutes and. And take twenty shots. I think him coming in, playing three, four, five, six, seven minutes, something like that. Uh, I don't see there's there's any issue with him coming in against Vandy and just getting his feet wet and getting his legs underneath him and, and figuring out what the the speed of college basketball is all about. I think that's definitely what it's going to be all about. Not uh, expecting him to come in and be an immediate superstar. So um, yeah, plenty of plenty of stuff to be excited about. Sean moving forward. There's a lot of drama on the side of. Uh, uh, within the rivalry with Kentucky and Louisville right now, Chris Mack has has been uh, let go at Louisville. All that stuff, and uh, we're running short on time in this show. But I do kind of want to touch on that on our on our next show. We're going to preview Kansas and and kind of the ins and outs of that, and I want to break down some of the uh, candidates that we're hearing about and things like that. Uh, all the drama going on. I think that'd be a fun way to do that show. But uh, Sean, let's uh, let's get out of here. For this episode, I know we're running a little bit short on time, so let's uh, get out of here with one quick note from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply Select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize picks gives you the chance to win 10, 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. Uh, you can have picks ap- across sports as well. The NFL playoffs are here. We have the uh, AFC and NFL, NFC championships uh, this weekend. So add in some of those players to your picks with our over or under projected receiving, rushing, or passing yards. Download the Prize Picks app. Or visit PrizePicks.com and visit using promo code PILGRIM, that's P-I-L-G-R-I-M, to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the PrizePix app or PrizePicks.com using promo code PILGRIM to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my
1: work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. Country.
0: You can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Source Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.